Christine, I, I, I catch just a tinge of country and western in there. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> Somebody amens that. <laughs> Amen, brother. It's <laughs> funny. If you have your Bibles, please, please uh, pull those out. I was uh, encouraged just before the church service started. Um, Larry, uh, who, who's playing our bass today, came up. And he said, "Joel, I went and bought some of that barbecue sauce and spice from Big E." And uh, he, he pulled his phone out and showed me the picture of you holding your second place trophy and his, his spices. Uh, so that's encouraging that we got people going and making contact. Again, I, I pray that we are a church that's not just a friendly church, but we're a church where people can make friends. Now, this can be a place where relationships, healthy friendships can be developed and, and, uh, and grown. So if you're new with us, just know that that's our heart around here. We not only want to encourage you to uh, deepen your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we want to be a place where you can have deep, healthy friendships with others that are walking the journey of faith right beside you. Uh, that, that, is, that is definitely our heartbeat. So again, if you have your Bibles, pull those out, and, and uh, we will continue in our series of Conquering Our Giants. We started this a couple of weeks ago, and we're just talking about things, struggles, battles that people have on the inside. Uh, we have become very good at polish, polishing up the outside, and so when we walk in the doors of our church or any church, you could look at somebody and go, man, they got it all together. I mean, that's, man, what, there's nothing wrong with their life. Why are they coming to church? They got it all together. But we also know that that's completely untrue. Very rare do you find the person that has it all together. Before I jump into to our message today, I do want to encourage and keep promoting this, this tool that, that uh, we're, we're making available on your smartphone, the Bible app. If you have downloaded that, I hope you have. It looks like, uh, looks like this. There should be a picture of that app. Uh, yeah. That's the one, so download that app, and when you click on that app, you're going to go to the bottom right corner of, of the app, and there is a more uh, button down there in the bottom right. I tried to draw an arrow for you so you could see it, but that's where the button's located. Click on that. It'll come to the next page, events. Click on events, and when you do that, you'll come to... A list of churches, go ahead and show me the next slide, please. Uh, a list of churches that are using this tool, you'll find Community of Grace. Click on that and you'll find the, the sermon notes for today. You'll see some announcements at the bottom of that page as well. But anyway, just want to keep reminding you that that tool is available. There's a link to our online giving. So anyway, we're just, that's a resource that we're excited about. But I want you to repeat after me. I am accepted by God all day, every day. I am accepted by God all day, every day. Say it. You're going to need to hold on to that. Some of you are going to need to remember that. Some of you are going to need to swim in that 
all day, every day. Because you've convinced yourself otherwise. You've convinced yourself that uh, you're not accepted. In fact, nobody accepts you. Today we're talking about the giant of rejection. Being rejected. Nobody wants to be rejected. Nobody likes being rejected. Nobody likes being told they're not smart enough, that they're not pretty enough, they're not good-looking enough, they're not skinny enough, uh, they're not strong enough. Nobody wants to hear that. Now, okay, listen, there's somebody that's probably sitting here, Joel, I don't care what people say about me. In fact, I'm confident there's somebody sitting in the room or listening online that would say, I don't care what people say. These are the same people that would say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but whoever wrote that could be the biggest idiot I've ever Because we know what Scripture says, right? Scripture says the tongue has what? The power of life and death. Our words matter. And no one likes being rejected. No one likes to not get picked on the playground. That dreadful moment for that last person that wasn't picked for either team gets picked finally. No one wants that. There are some people that wear this idea of rejection as their identity. They wear it like a blanket. It keeps them warm at night. That's just who I am. I've just gotten used to the idea that no one uh, accepts me. I, I'm not going to be any good. I'm not ever going to get picked. I'm, I'm not pretty enough. I'm too fat. I'm this, I'm that, and they just wear it. It reminds me of that character on Charlie Brown, Pigpen. You remember Pigpen? Remember that Show me that picture of Pigpen there. Uh, that's the only way. We never saw him clean, did we? That is the only way we saw him with this cloud of dust. And a lot of people walk around day in and day out of their life. Just, it's just who they are. Nobody ever sees me without the, the persona of, I'm not good enough. And nobody, nobody's going to pick me. Now, I don't know where this comes from in our lives. There are, there are, there are, there's any number of, of reasons where this might have been picked up. And, and once again, I'll say it. Giants don't start out as giants. Somewhere along the way, it, something happened or, or you learned something, and it took root, and it began to grow in your life. I don't know if... Maybe, maybe your parents went through a divorce when you were a child and somehow you took ownership in that and you blamed yourself that it was because of me. I don't, was that it? Was that where it took? Or maybe, maybe you felt rejection somehow from, from a parent and it took root and it just began to grow and grow and grow. Mom and dads, we know the power of our words? Do our kids only feel accepted? And I use the word feel on purpose. Do our kids only feel accepted when they perform at a high level? When they score the right amount of goals? When they get enough base hits? Is that the only time they feel accepted? When they perform at a high enough level? 
Oh, man, I don't, I don't know what the cause of rejection is in my life. Or, well, maybe I do in my life or, or your life. Maybe a loved one in your life passed away and somehow you, it, it, it took root somewhere as they left me. And, and rejection. In the same way that I spoke about fear last week, it's real. It's a real giant. Rejection is a real giant that a lot of people face and deal with. And it's a serious giant. Again, we can, we can put on our face, we can act like it's not an issue for us, uh, but we care about what people say about us. In 1998, I was, I was still coaching uh, football there in, in Abilene, Texas, and <clears throat> I remember the day that our head coach, the coach that I had been under for, for about a decade at that point, um, he has now gone on, been inducted into the Texas High School Football Coaches Hall of Fame. I remember the day that he walked into our staff meeting and said, man, I'm taking another job at a school in Dallas. And I remember the room, just the air being sucked out of the room. What? I mean, none of us could blame him. I mean, it was a prestigious job. Where he was going was, I mean, it's next door to the SMU campus and in, in the part of Dallas where it's old money uh, in, in Dallas. It's a prestigious job. And so we couldn't blame him, but at the same time, man, we got it going on here at Abilene Cooper. And we got, Coach, Coach, this is, we are right here knocking on the door. In fact, next year we're going to knock the door down. He said, I'm leaving. He also said that he would be able to take a few staff members with him to this new position. They have some, some openings on staff there, on the football staff. If, if you're interested, let me know, and I'll see what we can work out. Now, I need to remind you that two years prior to that, the Lord had called me clearly a call to full-time ministry. But there I was, still coaching football. I went home, and I talked to Catherine after coach, Coach's announcement, and, and uh, we talked. I went back to Coach Allen and said, Coach, and I'd like to be considered for one of those spots. He said, okay, what are your teaching fields and PE? <laughs> I can teach PE, boy. And I taught health. Those were my two teaching fields. It's higher education, back off. <clears throat> so he went and, and did some figuring and, and got back with me the next week and said, Joel, the, those teaching fields, are, they don't have anything open there. Uh, it's not going to work out. And I can remember leaving that room thinking, I don't, I don't ever not get picked. I mean, even from a kid, as a kid, I, I got picked first for the kickball team because I could kick it over the monkey bars. I mean, I, 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 I've never not been picked, and I didn't get picked. Why didn't he pick me? Some of you get that. Some of you understand the feeling of not getting picked. Some of you get the feeling of getting picked on. 
See, this, this issue of rejection is, is real. Of, of whatever it was, it hits you and you're not sure what to do with it. And for some, for some people, it takes root and begins to grow and they put it on like a blanket. It's just who I am. I'm not going to get picked. See, there's two sides to that coin, this coin of rejection. One side of the coin is, is low self-worth, low self-esteem, self-hate. But we beat ourselves up, insecurities. We, we've gotten used to just telling ourselves these things, and it's become who we are. The other side of the coin is, is kind of what I dealt with, but it still comes back to the issue of rejection when Coach Allen said that it's just not going to work out. Man, I, be, I began trying harder. Maybe he didn't pick me because I wasn't a good enough coach, and I need to be a better coach, and so i got to work harder. And I, I'm a perfectionist. I, I got driven to, to be a better coach, and, but it all comes back to this issue. He didn't pick me. I wanted to get picked, and he didn't pick me. Rejection. Well, we're, we're obviously looking, as we talk about conquering our giants, we're looking at the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. So in your Bibles, turn there. We, we use those around here, in case you're, you're new with us. We, this is what we have to teach from. I mean, what else is there to teach from? We, God's holy, ancient words are the words of life. Words matter. But before I read our text and, and look at our text, I want you to say with me again uh, what we talked about earlier. I am, go ahead, I am accepted by God all day, every day. Yeah, we, we need to own that. I want you to, to remember the story of David and Goliath uh, how Jesse, as the father of David, had, had seven sons. All the boys were out fighting a war against the Philistines except David. David was the youngest one. He was at home taking care of the sheep. But every once in a while, his dad would make care packages for the rest of the boys, and he would say, David, come here, take these care packages. I made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and cookies for everybody, and I want you to take them to the front line and find out what's going on. So he would go. This one particular day, he gets there, and we know the story. But today we're talking about rejection. I want us to go back a chapter to chapter 16. Turn back one page. Samuel the prophet, the Lord had told him to go to the house of Jesse and, and anoint the next king of Israel. So he, he goes there, but, I mean, he kind of goes there hes, hesitantly. He says, well, what if Saul <laughs> hears that I'm going there? He'll kill me. Just go. So we see in verse 6 of chapter 16, look what it says. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have 
Somebody say it. Rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Then Jesse made Shema, and he goes through the whole list of them, and the Lord had not chosen him or chosen him. Why didn't he pick me? Now jump over to chapter 17, and let's get to our story. So Jesse had sent David to the battlefront to, to give the care packages to his brothers. He gets there, and David's talking with some of the guys because he saw that giant down in the valley taunting the Israeli army. <coughs> Excuse me. Just taunting them. Send somebody out here. And David's asking around the camp, man, why, why don't somebody do something about this guy? Now look at verse 28. When Eliab, remember that name, the oldest brother, the first one that Samuel saw? When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And why do you... And, and with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Can you feel it? Maybe we can understand a little bit why Eliab rejected David. Because Eliab had just recently experienced rejection of his own. You know, I've heard a statement one time. Somebody said, you know, hurt people hurt people. You ever heard that? That people who have been hurt hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. I wonder if the same is true. Is it true that rejected people reject people? That would be a great conversation starter for your life group this week. Is that true that people who have experienced rejection have a tendency to reject other people? So Eliab, I mean, David, man, he just shows up and he's bringing care packages. Look what, my, look what dad made you. Look at what David says. Now what have I done? Like, can I even speak? He turned, to, turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter and he kept talking. But keep going in the story. Word got to King Saul that David was... David was down there talking about all this stuff. So King Saul brings David up. David goes up there and he says, what's all this talk? Man, this guy can't be down there talking about Israel and the God of Israel. Man, we got to do something about this. And look, look at verse 33, or start in verse 32. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on the account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Verse 33, Saul replied, you're not able to go and go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy. And he's been a fighting man from his youth. David's second rejection in this story. His first rejection was from his oldest brother. Rejection. It's real. I know it's real. Sometimes it's legitimate. Sometimes it is, it's things that have just started small and it's grown into this giant in our life. But rejection is, is something that, that, guys, we have to have healthy tools to deal with rejection. 
Now, before we get to the third rejection in this story, I do need to say that there, uh, if you're here today and, and you're, you're thinking, That's, Joel, this isn't, this isn't mine, this isn't for me, then I'm going to encourage you to stay with us the rest of the way. Stay with me as I, just, as I work my way through these tools because there's a couple reasons why. Number one, it might happen to you one day. Your boss may come into you and say, we no longer need you. Your spouse, I'm going to take that back. Your, well, not either. Your spouse may say, you stink. <laughs> and I don't, your breath is just horrible, and you need to fix something about your breath. Rejection, whatever it might be, you might need some tools one day. Another reason I want you to stick with me for just a few more minutes is that your kids might be going and wrestling with this giant. And mom and dad, I want you to have some tools that you can help your kids navigate this issue of rejection. To help them work through when nobody at school likes me. Go down in the story of our of chapter 17, <clears throat> King Saul finally says, okay, I'll let you go. Because David convinced him when he said, listen, the Lord has seen me through. Uh, I fought the lion. God saw me through. I fought a bear. God saw me through. And God will see me through this fight with that big old chump down there in that valley. Saul says, okay. Then here, put this armor on. He loads him up, and it's too heavy and David says, I can't do that. So David goes down there. He walks down there through the valley lines. I wonder what his brothers were saying to him as he kind of walked through the crowd on his way down. He gets down there. And this giant of a man, about the height from the floor to the bottom of that screen. Look at what he says, starting in verse 41. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. Hey, man, am I a dog that you would send this kid out here and bring sticks out here to fight with me? Even his enemy rejected him. Rejection is, is throughout this story. And we'll see in just a moment that David pressed through his rejection, the rejection of other people, because he knew he was accepted by all day, every day. There's a source that I need to address in 2018. I'm stepping out of our text here, and I'm going into my opinion I'll let you guys talk about this in your life groups, in the car, on the way home, whatever. But I believe there is a source that is amongst us and amongst our society that is a, a huge source of rejection. And it's called social media. When you and I look at people's posts online, what do we see of other people? We see how beautiful they are. We see how fun their vacations are. We see how cute their kids are. 
we see how all of us husbands buy flowers for our wives. <laughs> we only see the best. And, and listen, listen. It's just my opinion. Take it or leave it. Chew on it. You guys work. disagree with me. If, anyway, if you want to be wrong. We see the perfect side of people and we think, I'll never live up to that. I can't be that. I have yet to see one of you in this church. I have yet to see one post from anybody in this church taking a selfie 30 seconds after you wake up in the morning. Huh? I mean, your hair's all, your lips are still glued together. You got crusty things in the corner of your eyes. I don't see any of you click and posting that on Facebook. Not one time. No, we wait till we get, get dressed for school and our hair is perfect and our outfits are cute and blah, blah, blah. I mean, cool. That's what I meant, guys. Uh, and then we take them. We only see the perfect side. And here's what can happen. I'm just, this is just my opinion. I think that we can get so caught up in how other people's lives are perfect. And we see our lives and rejection or this disapproval of my life. We even begin rejecting our own self. Takes root. Now, this week, I expect to see everyone take a picture or selfie of you 30 seconds after you wake up. No. I am kidding, but I'm not kidding. I wonder what your response would be, how many likes you would get on your photo from all your friends that don't go to church and don't know anything about what I'm saying. I wonder what comments they would get. Dude, what happened to you? Or, or ladies, would you get comments like, that outfit is so cute. I, I, I don't think so. Just be careful with social media. Help your kids walk through social media. Mom and dads, it's brutal. I was in youth ministry long enough to know that it's brutal out there for our kids. And social media can be a place where our kids can develop some early giants in their life. Let's protect our kids. Let's protect ourselves. Let's keep reminding our children that I am accepted by God all day, every day. And so are they. So I want to I look at these tools uh, that, that we can take a hold of and use and apply to our life today before we leave out of this place. Developing a confidence in God's acceptance of us. The first one I want us to, to grasp a hold of, and when I say, I use the word grasp on purpose. Because these tools, friends, I, I, I want you to I want you to take a hold of them, and I don't want you to let go. I don't want to squeeze this bottle too tight because I'm afraid it would get messy. I don't trust this lid. But don't let go. The first one is this. Grasp this. You are significant and wonderfully made.
I'm just going to let that breathe for a second. Because some of you haven't heard that and haven't heard that spoken over you in a long time. You are significant. You matter. There are some of you who have convinced yourself of just the opposite. Joel, I I matter to nobody. I'm not significant to anybody. Joel, you can say that all you want, but you don't know me. That's why I'm about to give you another homework assignment. I hope this last week that some of you took the time to write out word for word Psalm 16 every day. Maybe you missed the day just like I did, but I hope that you'll try to make it a part of your rhythm this week to write out the passage that we're about to read. Will you turn with me to another Psalm of David, Psalm 139. You are significant and wonderfully made. Joel, have you never seen my nose? Joel, have you ever seen how big my feet are? I'm not wonderfully made. In fact, when God created me, he went, oops. Some of you have convinced yourself of that. And today I just want to coach you up a little bit and remind you that you are significant and you are wonderfully made. Psalm 139, here's your homework to write down each of these four verses every day this week. It's not a lot. It's real short. It'll take you less than five minutes to do this. Verses 13 through 16. Listen to what God says. David, the psalmist, wrote these words. For you created me in my inmost, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Church, those aren't just my words. Those are God's words. That you are wonderful. Will you look to the person next to you and just just look at them and say, God says you're wonderful. That's hilarious. The ladies in the room look at each other like, God says you're wonderful. The guys in the room are like, he said, it was not me. God said you're, uh, they like want to fist bump or something. It's, don't get all weird on me or something. Hey, God says that you are wonderful. You're wonderfully made. He didn't mess up when he made you. I, I, got, I have to have everyone, I insist that today you walk out of these doors understanding, not just understanding, but owning the fact that you are accepted by God 
all day, every day. Not, not excluding the days you don't feel accepted. God says, man, you are my masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10. You're my masterpiece. I created you anew in Christ Jesus to do good works. Man, I set aside for you. because Hey, listen, you need to do them because I set them aside for you. You're my masterpiece. I have in my notes here <clears throat> my mammal illustration. I can remember as a young, I'm guessing I was adolescent when she first said this to me. My, it's my dad's mom, that uh, sweetest woman you've, you would have ever met. She's gone home to be with the Lord now. I, I'm sure I was a young teenager, and she said, Joel, now if those girls out there don't like you, you tell them it's okay, because your mamaw loves you. If I could say every person in this room, if I could say your name by name, I would look at you one-on-one right now and say, if those people at work don't like you, if those people at work or your child or your parent or whatever or your sibling doesn't like you, it's okay because God loves you. Every day, all day. Someone needs Grasp that and not let go. I don't care if your friends at work don't like you. Because not only does God love you, your pastor loves you. Your staff loves you. It's my prayer that this church be a place where we can come with all of our warts and with all of our bad breath and with all of our hair that's messed up and come into a place and not only experience the love of God, but experience healthy friendships from one another. Yeah, let's be that church. Second thing I need us to grasp is that Jesus chose you. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. I, I, I know this is getting long. I'm, I'm taking long today, but guys, I, this is so important. I, I, I recognize, and I've been around long enough to know that this is a giant that a lot of people wrestle, wrestle with. We've got to grasp the fact and not let go that Jesus chose you. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He chose us. Hey, you can look at yourself and go, he picked me. I got picked. 
God picked me. Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 16, you didn't choose me, I chose you. He's speaking of his disciples. He said, I chose you. This issue is it's huge. Now, I'm going to try it again. I tried it just a moment ago, and it worked pretty well. I'm going to try it one more time. Will you look at the person next to you and say, God chose you? Go ahead. Let's try it one more time, but with a little more gusto. Jesus chose you. You can even point at him if you want to. I got a fist bump over there. All right, that's cool. Now, we, we're having fun with that. But, friends, listen. Say it to yourself. Here we go. Take your mirror at home, bathroom mirror, right? Take a, a dry erase marker and, and right in front of, like, right where your nose is. Jesus chose me. Let's leave it there all week this week. Jesus chose me. Third thing I need you to grasp is that Jesus paid the ultimate price for you. You know, Jesus chose you. We, we just saw that a second ago. The question I have to ask is, have you chosen Jesus? Or do you still choose you? Have you, have you said, I want that kind of love? I, I've never experienced that kind of unconditional love that would say, I accept you all day, every day. No, I've been taught my whole life that I have to perform at a certain level and I have to do this and I have to look this way before I'll be accepted. But to hear that God loves me so much that he would send his one and only son, that if I would believe in him, I will not perish, but I'll have everlasting life with him for eternity. I've, I've never heard of that kind of love and I want it. Is today the day that you would say, I'm thankful that you chose me, but today I reciprocate and say, Jesus, I want you. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I want that kind of love. I need that kind of forgiveness. Jesus paid the ultimate price. Look at verse 7 and 8 there in Ephesians chapter 1. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Because of what Christ did on the cross, the shedding of his blood, giving up his life for me and for you, do you realize how much your life is worth? This sounds strange saying, and it may sound strange hearing it, but your life is worth Jesus. He died for you, and he died for you realize that? You don't think you're of any value? You don't think you're worth anything? You've, you've taught yourself to reject even yourself? Can I just tell you that you are worth the life of Jesus? He died for you. Don't tell me you're not of any worth or of any value because God gave up his son for you and for me. Praise God. Praise God. 
And the last one is this. Church, we gotta, we got to own this. we got to take it. we got to grasp it every day that I will live from acceptance and not for it. I will live my life from the perspective of knowing that I am accepted by God. I'm not going to live another minute living for acceptance of other people. Church, I don't care if your friends at work like you or don't like you. I can tell you this from the bottom of my heart with everything that I am and know that it is the truth. God loves you all day, every day. He accepts you. Before Jesus did one part of his public ministry, remember this? I mean, he hadn't done a thing yet. He's grown up. He's a grown man now. But that day where he goes public, he walks down into the Jordan River. Here comes John the Baptist. And he says, hey, John, come here, man. You're going to baptize me today. I'm going public. <laughs> um, it starts today. John says, I can't baptize you. And Jesus says, if you don't baptize me, you have nothing to do with me. He said, back up. Let's get it going. He baptizes Jesus. He comes up out of the water. What happens? The Spirit of God descends on him like a dove, and, and a voice from heaven says what? <clears throat> James Earl Jones. <clears throat> this is my son, in whom I am well pleased. Before he had done a thing, he was accepted. Listen. Own it today. That you are accepted by God all day, every day. On your mirror this week, I've already told you one thing, but I want you to write accepted. On a note card that you put on your desk, just one word, accepted. Every day, kind of retrace the letters. It's just going to force you to stop for a second to not just read it, but retrace, make the letters a little darker, accepted. Put that on your desk this week. Taped on the shelf, right in front of your nose, on the frigor in, in the refrigerator. Taped right there. So when you open the refrigerator, accepted. I, I can't let you leave today without understanding how much... God loves you. And that you're accepted by him all day, every day. I want you to take a note card and tape it to that middle part where the horn is on your steering wheel. Just tape it right there. Accepted. Now please don't drive down the road like this. <laughs> Joel, I just really needed to hear it that day and I was just staring as I was going down. The, please don't do that. But I, need, I do want it in a place where you go, oh yeah, I'm accepted by God all day, every day. Accepted. I wrote in my notes, kidding, by this statement right here. But it's how serious I am about this. Tattooed on your arm. That's how permanent God's love for you is. Accepted. Accepted. Now, now, please, before you email me, 
I'm not telling anybody to go out and get a tattoo. Uh, You understand what I'm saying. That's how permanent it is. All day, every day. The question that we have to address before we leave is have you accepted Jesus? Have you? Let's pray. Father, I come before you and, and lay before you this, this most serious issue. That, Lord, as I look around this room, I see a room full of confident people. I see people that are well-dressed and well-manicured, and we look great on the outside, but Lord, I also look around the room, and I'm aware of some places where there's, there's people that are dealing with the giant of rejection, and today, Lord, I beg you to lavish upon them that great love that you have for them. That in the deepest places of their heart, they would have a new realization and understanding of how how much you accept them and love them. Lord, that's not to say that there aren't things that we can clean up. Every one of us have things in our lives that we can clean up. But Lord, today... pray that we would grasp a hold of how significant we are, how wonderfully made we are, that we would understand that you chose us. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. Thank you for paying the ultimate price for our sins, that we might have life. Thank you that you died so that we could live. And Lord, in this moment, if there's someone who has never trusted you, that's never heard about your great love for them, that right now, in the quietness of their heart, they would simply say to you, Jesus, thank you for loving me that much. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Will you forgive me of my sins today? I have a bunch. And Jesus, the best way that I know how, I want to ask you to come and live in my soul, in my heart, and help me live a life that is pleasing to you. Jesus, come and be my Savior. Lord, for that person that's in this room or listening online that has done that, I pray that this week they would tell somebody what they just did. I, Lord, I, I selfishly hope they'll tell me <laughs> so I can celebrate with them. Lord, I want to I put some tools in their hand to help them to begin to grow. What does it mean to be a, a new child in Christ? But Father, thank you for doing what only you can do, and that is to save a soul. Lord, as we continue to worship here in a moment, would you continue to work in our heart? Lord, I'm going to give you these last few moments of of silence to give you the last words. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, I'm I'm going to invite us to, we do this every once in a while, just to be quiet.
Let God have the last word. I'm going to invite our praise team to go ahead and make their way up, and they're going to lead us uh, in a word, in a song, and we'll close.